folks, week five is on deck, and guess what? We're recording during the Thursday night game again, and by golly, the Bears might really do it two weeks in a row. Point lead. Uh, well, I guess we'll just start with... Luke, who did you have going into this game? Commanders were minus six. I unfortunately had the Commanders coming in with the minus six. Uh, I I just thought the Bears' defense would... I mean, they're not playing well, but I also didn't expect the Washington defensive line to get dominated like they have in the first half. But, yeah, it's not looking good with the minus six for me. Yeah, going into this, I would have taken Washington to win, but I would have taken the Bears to cover. Not because I was impressed by what they did last week, but I don't think either team is particularly amazing in either of their defenses. Like, I thought the commander's defense looked okay the first two weeks, but the last two weeks it's just something got blown up by the Eagles uh, this past week and then got destroyed by the Bills as well. And nothing bears of the Bills. It's kinda of looking like that. It's currently thirty to twenty, bears up by ten with nine and a half minutes to go. So we'll check back on that game once we wrap up here. We got several teams on by this week. I know it's the Browns. Yeah, the Seahawks are on by. I believe it's Browns, the Seahawks. And I think there's one. The Chargers. Chargers. The Chargers. Yeah. So we're down two games. Bye weeks have started. Unfortunately, they're only here at this point in the season. But hey, it's only week five. But we have another London game. Jacksonville. Technically a home game for the Bills. Buffalo's minus five and a half. I took the Bills last week to win, but not cover the spread. And I was dead wrong about the spread, but I was totally right about taking Buffalo to win that game. I I think I'm going to take Buffalo to cover the spread and win. The Jags have just been woefully unimpressive, even against the Falcons last week. They didn't do anything that instilled confidence that they would be okay going forward. There's something off with this Jacksonville team. They are not at all the team that I thought they would be going into the season. And I had the Titans to win the division. That's not looking great either. Yeah, I totally agree with you with the Bills winning this game and covering the five and a half. I think if you look at these teams uh, – in terms of, I guess, this, having a great secondary and great weapons on offense, they're pretty similar. And also, I mean, Josh Allen's better than Trevor Lawrence at this point, but they're kind of similar quarterbacks, just Greek gods that are super athletic and could sling the ball over the yard. But I think the big difference between these two teams is the offensive line and defensive line. I think the Bills just dominate the trenches and have a way more complete team. And I think you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars lack interior offensive line. I could just see him getting all over Trevor Lawrence. I think Ed Oliver had a crazy game against the Dolphins. I could just see that happening again. And plus, when the Bills win big, when they win, they win big. So, I, I definitely got them at the five and a half. Yeah, they've won by 15 or more in the last three games since they lost to the Jets. And it feels like a distant memory. And I think I'm willing to write that game off as maybe the Jets just own the Bills for whatever reason. I don't know. You tend to see that in divisions, as we always talk about. But yeah, I expect this to be a walking. You know, I'll be up. I'll watch this game. 
Probably the London game I've been the most excited for. Maybe ever. I don't expect Jackson Bolt to be particularly competitive. Their defense is not impressive, and their offense, I think, can be stopped by an albeit injured Buffalo defense. Uh, it feels like the it feels like the lock of the week. Given every other game, maybe maybe, maybe Philly has longer than that. Feel, I feel really comfortable taking the field. It's five and a half. And honestly, it might not be enough. Minus six, minus six and a half by the time kickoff starts. And Josh Allen continues to dominate in the first five weeks of the season. And the Jacksonville Jaguars are arguably one of the most disappointing teams given what people had them. They expect them to cakewalk the, the division and at least four weeks into the season, it's a far tougher division than we even thought it was going to be. The Colts are impressive. The Texans are very impressive. And the Titans are 2-2. Two and two. <laughs> Yeah, it, this division's crazy close. I'm excited to see how it plays out. But I, I just don't think Jacksonville will make it out. It's... Honestly, Houston and India have surprised me so much that I think it's just an even playing field at this point. Yeah, not to mention they already lost to the Texans. Granted, they beat the Colts in Week One, but I mean, shoot, that was a that was a ten point game that should have been three points because the Colts got game over on like the one yard line and Jacksonville's one yard line. But good game to start the day off. Moving over to Baltimore at Pittsburgh. Kenny Pickett might play such a weird week for him. We saw he tore his ACL on Sunday. And then it was, oh, he's week to week. And then he was day to day. And now he might play. Baltimore's favorite by four and a half points. I'm taking the Ravens to win and the Steelers to cover. It's a divisional game. The Ravens just whomped the Browns, but they did not have their starting quarterback. Despite the fact that he should have played, it's a total. Uh, despite the fact that he was medically cleared, so you know, a pass on the Browns. Imagine our your brother, my friend, just kicking himself for being a fan of a team who let a quarterback who's revived his career in Baker and then giving fully guaranteed money to a guy who won't play. Because, oh, we have a bye next week, even though now they're 2-2 two and two in the division and the Ravens. If the Ravens win this week, as long as they don't um, get super injured down the stretch, they should walk through this division because they'll be 3-0. and Yeah, they, I think they run away with it if they take this game. Uh, I think the Ravens, I think they'll definitely win this game. They're just a way better team, but I – I also think that they'll cover. I think everyone has this fallacy that these Baltimore and Pittsburgh games are super close. And I'm pretty sure I heard a stat that I think if you take the team that's an, more than a three-point underdog since Tomlin and Harbaugh uh, coached, I think it, it's covered at like 17-1. to 1. Crazy! It's a crazy stat, and it's hard to go against. But when I just look at these two teams, 
this Steelers offense is the worst offense in the league. And if you watch the Seahawks versus Giants on Monday, absolute shellacking. Only one team grades worse as an O-line on PFF, and that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. They have a terrible O-line. They have zero weapons. They're down to Mitch Trubisky. Najee Harris sucks. They have the worst offensive coordinator in the league in Matt Canada. I just don't see how this team scores any points against a Baltimore defense. Granted, the Browns did have a rookie quarterback. Gave up, what, three against the Browns? How much did he give up against the Bengals? Like, was that also three? No, the Bengals, that was the one game the Bengals actually looked confident on offense. The, the Ravens won, I think, 27 to 24, but that game yeah. was in hand late, and it took two touchdowns from T. Higgins to even come within striking distance. But, I mean, shoot, I think retroactively, the victory that the Ravens had against the Texans is more impressive now, given how the Texans have looked in the last three weeks. So, like, that's four opponents that they've looked the Ravens have looked confident in all of those games. Now, granted, they did lose to the Colts. But again, I think we both agree that the Colts are more impressive than we thought. Just the AFC South in general was better as a whole. Uh, Ravens have had like a pretty, pretty tough schedule so far. I think they've earned their 3-1. and one. Man, I'm just trying to talk myself into Baltimore. Yeah, I think it's a smart thing to – take Pittsburgh plus the points just knowing how the AFC North typically is but I I just can't bet on Matt Canada and this putrid offense I just think Lamar will make plays and I I just don't see how Pittsburgh scores they're they're a tough team to bet for but he has also not impressed yeah Kenny Pickett's looked terrible this year and I mean, him and Daniel Jones both, but at the same time, when you have that bad of an O-line, it's kind of hard to judge their true talent when they're running for their life every play. Yeah, not everybody can be Andrew Luck or Joe Burrow with a terrible offensive line and take it to the AFC Championship. But, uh, yeah, well, speaking of the putrid Giants, they're 12.5-point dogs to the Miami Dolphins. I think the Bills might be the easiest pick of the week, but this also might be just as easy I expect the Dolphins to rebound after getting shellacked by the Bills last week. The Giants have been outside of the two quarters against the Cardinals. I think they're losing by like 100 to 10 points. They're terrible. I fully expect the Dolphins to do to them what's been happening to the Giants all season. I don't really care that Saquon is potentially back this week. 96% of the money is on Miami minus 12 and a half. Little sus, given that that much money is on them. But can you blame them? Like, what is the argument to take the Giants even with twelve and a half points? Like, I don't think they can come within three touchdowns of the Dolphins if the Dolphins are back to what they are again. Yeah, I mean, nothing in the NFL surprises me, but there's no way anyone could back this Giants team. Like, this spread should really be at like seventeen. The Giants. They're down there at the Steelers for the worst offense in the league. And that's even with Brian Dable as their head coach. Granted, he has nothing to work with, but I'm I'm a big Brian Dable truther. I mean, he was a coach of the year last year, but this offense sucks. And to think that they can possibly go toe-to-toe with Miami in that explosive offense, and also 
the Giants have a terrible secondary. I just see Miami just absolute. This is just Miami versus Broncos version two, and I, I'm totally taking the Dolphins to to beat the spread and win by a lot. This is a game I hope I don't get stuck watching. I don't have any Dolphins players for fantasy, and I don't have any real stake in it uh, monetarily-wise. I think I expect them to be a beatdown. Or, or it devolves into this really ugly 20-7 game, and you're like, oh, why did I get stuck watching this in the morning when there's nine other games I could be watching right now? And speaking of ugly games, Carolina is... 10-point dog to the Detroit Lions, man. Look at the Lions. Look at how far they come. I'm so happy for them. I'm taking the Detroit Lions to win and cover because I'm protesting the Panthers until they bench Bryce Young and start Andy Dalton. I'm taking taking their opponent every single week until uh, otherwise stated. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I'm, I'm taking Detroit. And with the points, I just think this Carolina defense just lacks a secondary. I, the, the only highlight of their team is that pass rush, but now they run into a Lions team as one of the best offensive lines in the league. So it cancels out their main strength, and I just see Jared Goff just throwing dimes all over him. And also Bryce Young, he's – I hope he pans out, but God, is he not good right now. I – I just don't see how a Carolina team is only 10-point underdogs going into Detroit, one of the hardest environments to play when they're good, and just go against this pass rush, this run defense, and outscore Jared Goff. I, I just think Detroit's going to derail him. offense is unwatchable. Yeah. Until Andy Dalton comes back. He, he was nice against the Hawks, but... You know, with that O-line, you got to get the ball out quick, and that's what Andy Dalton was able to do. But Bryce Young just holds on to it for too long. He's too used to the college game. Well, yeah, when you play for Alabama, and you've got track stars, at wide receiver, and a, a minimum good offensive line, you're going to wait until you think you can make the right play. But you have to make a quick decision in the NFL. This is another game just like the Giants and Dolphins game where when the Lions are on offense and the Dolphins are on offense, I'm looking forward to it. Which, speaking of the Lions offense, Amon Ra did not practice on Wednesday and I don't believe he practiced today. So he might be out this week. Which I would hope they use Jameer Gibbs more than they have. have. By my eye, David Montgomery's looked like the far better running back, but maybe they get Jameer out wider in the slot to hopefully make use of his skills. But Jamison Williams is also back this week. So that's cool. Maybe he finally break out after being a first-round pick last year. You know, he missed because of injury last year, and then he missed the first four gambling. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on for the Lions. Is, uh, I'm not calling for a Jameer Gibbs breakout game, but I think if it does happen this week, I will not be surprised. Yeah, and going back to Bryce Young, now that we're watching DJ Moore right now just having a career game and they want an elite receiver, could have had that elite receiver and gotten Caleb Williams next year. That 
that would have been disgusting. And they could have rolled out your man Andy Dalton for the season, but then they wouldn't be a bad team. But yeah, I, Detroit's going to destroy them this game. I talked about it last week, but nothing would make me happier than for Andy Dalton to be cut or traded to the Bay Bengals and to Joe Burrow. Uh, we'll talk about them in a few minutes, but I just want to see him play. I know he's not amazing, but whole lot of uh, shine this football season. Every time I have to talk about the Panthers and he's not playing, it just makes me angry because this team is not fun without him. Even if they are bad with them, at least I get to watch him play. Uh, Ooh, I'm going to say it's our Houston Texans because we've both been taken in the last two weeks and it's worked out pretty darn well. Works well against the Jags and worked well against the Steelers last week. And once again, the Texans are being disrespected because they're one-and-a-half-point dogs to the atrociously-led Atlanta Falcons. I'm taking the Texans, and I'm taking them comfortably. I'd take them plus three. I'm taking them to win. I'm on the opposite end of this. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you look at the Texans' run defense, their bottom 10 in DVOA, EPA, and they're the worst run defense per PFF grade-wise, and then you run into this Atlanta Falcons team with that offensive line, Bijan Robinson, and Tyler Algier. I, I feel like it's not a game that Desmond Ritter will put the ball in harm's way. And I can just see him milking the clock and take, keeping the ball out of C.J. Stroud's hands. Uh, I, I, I just like Atlanta in the spot when they play teams that can't stop the run. Obviously, and their defense is underrated. Obviously, C.J. Stroud's a really good player, so he's going to he's gonna get his points, but I, I could just see Atlanta slugging this one out and taking the victory. You make a lot of compelling points. Atlanta's secondary is pretty darn good, and while I have been highly impressed by Nico Collins and Tank Dell, and I guess Robert Woods, Don Schultz, I think, is going to get better as a red zone threat as the season goes on. All kidding aside, I can can easily see the Falcons winning this game. However, as a fan of fun football, I love great running backs. I love watching them play. I hate Desmond Ritter as a football player. I'm personally not sure he's a great guy. Every time he drops back to pass, I die a little bit inside. Oh, my Lord, DJ Moore. Yeah. Six touchdowns. Man, and James put him on the trade block. What is he doing? Breaking news. Like, DJ Moore's had... Sorry to break the riveting Falcons. He's currently at... So he was at 7 for 174 and 2. I'm pretty sure he just broke this. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, that is insane. Anyway, I think they can pretty much have reach, so Chuck, one up for uh, um, Yeah, I, I, you know, what, what I will also say is that while the run defense for the Texans has been great as a whole, D'Amico Ryan's is impressive so far with just the overall defense of the Texans. It's been pretty solid. If they made the Ravens look more pedestrian than 
you know, I think we chalked it up to week one, but I think this Texas defense, you know, I won't be shocked if we're talking about it as like a borderline top 15 unit. And I think next year is going to be really good. Uh, you know, get some veterans in. Obviously, they don't have a first round pick. I can't remember if they're first round pick more next year or not. But I just, I, CJ Stroud has become one of like my players. Like, I really, really like him. And I've been so impressed by him to start the season that I'm going to keep riding with him. My guy, CJ Stroud. Yeah, he's one of those guys that doesn't need a no line and could still produce in the pocket. So you're, you're just a fiend for those guys. I was just about to say, I have something for guys who are great behind terrible offensive lines. Uh, it's, uh, it's a blessing and a curse because they can only go so far. But yeah, uh, no, you, you point that out. It must. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is. Guys who play great behind terrible offensive lines. Because I can always say, you know, that's probably why I can always say, well, if he just had a top 20 offensive line, where would he be? Yeah. Imagine if he had the Chiefs offensive line. Just imagine where Andrew Luck would be. He'd probably still be playing. If Joe Burrow had a great offensive line. Not even that. If he had a top 20 offensive line, they would have won the Super Bowl. CJ Stroud be the next guy on that on that list. So you know what? I'm totally fine hitching my wagon to CJ Stroud because he's really, really good. Speaking of quarterbacks I think are really good. Titans are two and a half point favorites visiting the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts kind of own the Texans and have for years, especially during I know and Andrew Luck have lost them. That was over five years ago, but Colts have it die hard. I'm going to take the Colts to win, and obviously I'm taking them plus two and a half. I don't believe Jonathan Taylor will play this week. Not Zach Watson totally capable. And look, if Richardson can't throw more than 61 or 55 percent completion against the Titans secondary, uh, he's gonna have to work on then. But while the Titans front seven is really solid, I think that the Colts can do enough on offense, and the Titans defense is Derrick Henry. Great game last week. That was the outlier for the Eagles so far. I don't know if it's me recoiling and I'm lashing out about what the Titans did last week to a certain team. I'm taking the Colts. Yeah, this one's a tough game for me. I could see it going either way. I think the Titans have been the most profitable team for me betting-wise this year. So, I'm just makes me a a diet Titans fan a little bit, but I don't like taking Mike Vrabel when he's favored on the road. It's never a spot. I really like to take him, but I, I mean, it's not going to be a game I bet, but I, I think I like the Titans in the spot. I just think that Mike Vrabel going against, going against a uh, rookie quarterback could cause some issues. I know Anthony Richardson looked really good in that second half of the LA Rams game, but I could really see Mike Vrabel putting up stunts and schemes that really trick Anthony Richardson and put up a great defensive game plan. And also, Ryan Tannehill's history with the against the Colts 
he's he's done really well with against Gus Bradley's cover three scheme. So I could I, I could see Ryan Tannehill having a really good game putting this out uh putting this Colts team down. So I'm gonna rock with Tennessee, but I'm not confident with that because I mean the Colts they they have a great offensive line, great defensive line, great foundation and if Anthony Richardson has more boom than bust plays, then the Colts are gonna dominate this team. I won't be shocked if the Titans win a close game, but I also won't be shocked if the Colts blow the Titans off the field. I can't see the Titans doing that. I can see the Colts doing that. Yeah, that's for sure. The Titans just don't have enough explosion on that offense to absolutely decimate a team. So I, I definitely agree with that. And continuing with the trend of not having any offense, the Saints are. Are one point dog against the Saints. In Patriots traded for JC Jackson, Judon, and uh, uh, Christian Gonzalez. I believe are both out for the year. I'm going to be playing all those football on December 21 in Florida. Why did Derek Carr play last week if all he could do was throw one-yard pass to Alvin Kamara? I think it was more of a detriment that those passes were completed to Alvin Kamara than they were if he just dropped them. Yeah, I'm part of the Derek Carr hate train. He should have never played. The fact that he couldn't throw it downfield and Alvin Kamara had that stat line is absurd. And if he plays again, I'm – Hammering New England. Their car sucks, especially when injured. Yeah, like the Patriots defense is super injured and the Patriots offense is I don't know what the right word is, like putrid. Ramondre Stevenson has been a major disappointment. We already knew that he didn't have it, so that's no surprise. Obviously the Patriots don't have any difference makers at receiver and Mac Chun stinks. But if Derek Carr is the quarterback, if Jameis starts, I'm taking the Saints. Full stop. I am absolutely taking the Saints. If Derek Carr plays, I think I'm with you. I'm gonna take the Patriots. So I, you know, if Derek Carr plays, and so far there's no setback. So I guess I'm taking. It. I, I don't. This is a no bad for me. Either way. Yeah. I'm... Confirmation that Jameis plays. If Jameis plays, I'm taking the Saints because I think Jameis can do more than enough with that offense. They almost won that game against the Packers. Camara looked really good last week. He just did not need to work with that quarterback. He had 13 receptions for 31 yards. It's like, it's like an insult to the Julian Edelman stat where he would have like 10 receptions for seven, 70 yards. I don't know if I've ever seen a stat line like that. Like, what, What's the average depth of target on that? 0.5 yards? Can you measure that in feet instead of yards? <laughs> Probably. I think uh, I, I heard some people say that he had one catch that was like 13 yards, so it was really like 12 catches for 20 yards. Is I, I, I don't think I've seen a stat line like that. That is disgusting. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's correct because he was 9 of 19 at one point in the game. 
Yeah, it that is just such a disgusting stat line. I mean, Derek, I, I'm the ultimate Derek Carr hater. I was low on the Saints just because they had Derek Carr, and this game is disgusting. I hate both of these teams. I, I I'm also a Mac Jones hater. This offense sucks. This is one of my favorite unders of the week. Like I, these two defenses against these two offenses, I just don't see any scoring going on. Going to be disgusting, and I have Alvin Kamara and Chris Olave in the same leagues, so it's not looking great for me. Um, I would only watch that game because of those two players. I, I'm, I'm with you. I can't. You, I don't know if you can pay me to watch this game if I didn't have fantasy football stakes in it. Um, Cincinnati is visiting Arizona, and Cincinnati's favored by three points. Yeah, I. this one's a hard game to go with because what Cincinnati am I getting? Am I getting the one that we've seen so far in 2023 or no? But if we're going to go how Cincinnati's been playing, you know, Joe Burrow with the calf injury in that O-line, like – Joe Burrow, you can't drive the ball downfield. You can't manipulate the pocket like he always could when he is fully healthy. It it just limits this whole offense, and especially this offensive line. Like I think Joe Burrow leads the league in a wide margin of throws under two and a half seconds, and that's because he can't throw the ball that far, and his offensive line's given him zero time. Like this offense has been inept the first four weeks, and it's damning to see because Joe Burrow. The league was always better when Joe Burrow was healthy and this Bengals team was good. But, you know, the Cardinals are a very underrated team. They they play hard for Jonathan Gannon and you know, they they're they're a gutsy team and definitely some a team that I'm not looking forward to the Hawks playing two times cuz I feel like they're definitely going to sneak out one of those games in that series, but not only the Bengals' offense, but I think their defense has been very underwhelming too. They, you know, coming in, I thought they'd be a top three defense in the league. I, th- I remember last postseason we were talking about Lou Anarumas, you know, a potential head coach candidate because he was, you know, the Bengals' run defense was insane, but now it's they're n- it's now almost bottom of, bottom ten in the league. I, I just can't trust this Bengals team right now, so I'm going to go Arizona plus three at home. But, man, if it if they don't get their everything straight this game, then I, I'm really concerned about that team. I mean, they're already cooked, basically. For all intents and purposes, they're one and three. The only victory they have is against the Rams, so it's an out-of-conference game, so it does not really help them win for a wild card. They're not going to win a division at this point. They lost to the Ravens. They lost to the Browns. God knows if they're going to be able to beat the Steelers. Burrow's playing this week. I'm willing to give the defense a pass because the offense has been not just mediocre, not just bad. They've been the worst in the league. Like, Mixon can't get anything going because defenses know they can't throw the football. Like you said, Joe Burrow's average depth of target is putrid. Chase... Chase is going to have, like, 14 catches for 85 yards or something like that. I, can't, I still, It's still so shocking to me that they looked competent in the second half against the Ravens. They beat the Rams. 
And then they lay an absolute dud against the Titans, who don't have anything in the secondary. T. Higgins is injured. He's going to be Boyd and Chase, and hopefully Mason can get going on the ground. Like, do could because I still think that they're a really good football team. Unfortunately, I've watched them play the last four weeks, and I have no confidence that they're going to be able to pull this out. Although, it looks like pretty much all the money's coming in on Arizona to at least cover, and I'm definitely going to take the, the Cardinals to cover. It's plus three. You know what? I need to see it. I'm taking the Cardinals to win outright as well. I have to see some sign of life from this team, and I have not seen it yet. Like, if, if you're going to continue to keep Burrow out there, like, there's just no excuses. Like, he's absolutely playing injured. There's no doubt about that. But if you're going to keep rolling him out there, you can't get mad at the results. You just can't. And so far, the notice, I just cannot like you said, the Cardinals have been super underrated. They are not a bad team at all. They're two. Are they two and two. Yeah, they're two and two. Yeah, they are. Uh, or no, they're one the, and three. No, 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 they're one and three. Yeah, you're right. They lost to the. They got shellacked by the Niners. They beat the Cowboys. They lost that game to the Giants and lost that game to the Commanders. But. Yeah, and I mean Arizona was a fingertip fingertip touchdown away from being four and zero against the spread. There, I think everyone's starting to catch on to them, and yeah, I think these two teams after this game will prove a lot, and we'll know a lot about these teams after. If the Bengals lose this game, like pack it in, like it's over. Yep. I, I would love to be proven wrong if they're one and four and they somehow come back to make the playoffs. Like that, nothing would make me happier. But I'm not some blind, I'm not a blind person who's going to be like, no, 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 man, they're going to turn it around. Oh, they're one and five. Oh man, no problem. They'll turn it around. They can go twelve and five. Oh, one and six. Oh man, eleven and six is going to look pretty good when they make the wild card. Yeah. Only a four-point favorite against the Rams. The Rams decent against the Colts, but also let the Colts come back and almost take that game. I'm pretty. It, it went into overtime last week against the Colts, so I don't know if you want to say that's more impressive from the Colts' part or the Rams let the Colts back play the game. Either way, I cannot believe this is only plus four. Uh, I when the lines open on on Monday, if I had to peg this game before the lines came out, I would have said at least five and a half. Yeah, yeah I, I think if I were to go into this game, I I don't know, I, I'd I'd probably put it at a touchdown, like similar to where the Forty ers and Rams were. But I, I'm kind of surprised it is this low as well. It it should not be within amazing. the touchdown. Philly hasn't looked amazing at all this season. It took a last second field goal to beat the Commanders. 
Patriots looked alive in that game. And then the Vikings almost came back and won. But I think Philly plus four, like, unless I'm missing something. Uh, Cooper Cup should be back for the Rams, which is great, but I don't think it's going to be enough, despite the fact that Philly's secondary has been the weakest part of the team. Um, the offense looked discombobulated. All the pieces are there. Working through some stuff defensively, even like, yeah, this feels this feels like a rat line. Something doesn't feel right. Yeah, it's one of those lines where Vegas just knows. And when I put up all these, all like everything in my model, it just doesn't add up. And plus, you have to factor in like the Rams don't have a home field advantage. I guarantee you, it's going to be packed with Philadelphia fans taking a vacation. I, you know, I think LA's biggest weapon on defense is Aaron Donald, but he's going to get neutralized by the Eagles' offensive line. They don't have a good secondary. I see Jalen Hurts just having a huge game, and like you said, the Philadelphia has a bad secondary, so I could see Stafford having a game. But you know, I just I just see the Eagles having a higher success rate than the Rams in this game because, you know, the Rams, they have star-studded power, but they have holes on their O-line, holes on their defense. I just I just think Philadelphia is just way more of a complete team, and it should not be four and a half. So we're definitely going to come back next week and say, uh, man, the Rams beat the Eagles. What the heck happened there? Yep. And we both, we're both wrong. Moving on to the second to last afternoon game. The Jets at Broncos. Nathaniel Hackett revenge game. I'm riding with the Jets because I can't stand this Broncos team in any way, shape, or form. Tom Payne was talking so much crap in the offseason, and they're 1 and 3, and you made a comeback against the Bears. Also this year, what did you said? Your comeback was against the Bears. He got destroyed in week three. And I think the Jets defense will do more than enough. Zach Wilson, good golly. Is this the first time that he's going to throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns? I think I would. This would be the first time I'd ever. I haven't my life on it, but I would be shocked if we come next week and say, Zach Wilson. Two competent games in a row. You know, he looked decent against the Chiefs. Looked great against the Broncos. Is Zach Wilson a guy? Oh, we'll see. I I hope so. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I don't believe that. I'm not putting <laughs> I'm not putting my reputation on saying Zach Wilson's gonna be good. I'm just saying I think this will be the first time where he has two competent games in a row, and I expect the Jets to win. Uh also I'll take them plus two and a half and a win. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. I I don't think Denver's faced a really good defense yet. Now they run into this Jets defense. And then being a Seahawks fan and seeing these Rams-Seahawks battles throughout my time, all I know is that when Russ has to face a really good interior pass rush, he folds like a lawn chair. He, he You know, when he can't see over the middle of the field and then he just starts ducking, that's when you know Russ is cooked for the game. And I could really see that with Quinn and Williams coming inside. 
And I, I just don't think the Broncos will have a great offensive game plan this game. And also when you go onto the other side of the ball, although, you know, Zach Wilson showed some promise last game, but also the Denver defense is, I think they have the worst EPA per play since the 2008 Detroit Lions that went 0-16. They are like one of the worst defenses to start out a year of all time. And I don't know what happened between last year and this year, but they suck. And the fact that the Jets are underdogs, I think, is insane. I don't even care if it's Zach Wilson under center. Like The talent is on the Jets' side. The coaching's on the Jets' side. I think the Jets dominate the Broncos in this game. And I hope so, because... They gave so much credit to Nathaniel Hackett last year that for him to be on the winning side and the Broncos fall to one and four, it would be just desserts. And you know what? This game is not going to be a fun watch. I kind of hope that I get stuck watching it. This would be the one. No, I should take that back. The one I would want to watch is Chiefs at Minnesota. Uh, Chiefs are third, no, not 13. They're three and a half point against the Vikings. The Chiefs don't cover big spreads. I get that. But the Vikings defense is not very good. I don't have a very confident here. I'm definitely taking the Chiefs to win. But do I think Minnesota is covering three? I don't know. Where, where are you leaning this week? Yeah, I honestly just realized because I checked the lines this morning. The Vikings have moved from five and a half point favorites to three and a half. So. Vikings are getting some good money right now, but you know, I like the, I actually really like the Vikings at five and a half. Uh, that was honestly one of my, the favorite bets of the week, but now it's moved to three and a half. I, I mean, I'm still going to rock with the Vikings. I, I do think it, it actually is upset territory for Kansas city. And I think the Vikings are kind of, I think everyone undervalues the Vikings because they're one in three. They could really easily, you can make an argument in every game that they could be 4-0. They just turn over the ball every game in the worst scenarios. Like, you know, I'll bet on the Vikings or driving it down everyone's throats. And next thing you know, Kirk's just throwing the ball backwards and touchdown other team. And I swear that happens over and over again this year. But they're they're a good football team. Yeah. They're just getting the bad luck where they were getting the great luck last year. Exactly. And, you know, they're a good football team. I mean, they have the best wide receiver in the league. Kirk Cousins is a top 10 quarterback in the league. They have a really good offensive line. You know, their defense is a little spotty. They love to blitz. But, you know, they they have Harrison Smith, Daniil Hunter. They have good pieces on that defense. And, I think, I mean, there's a reason the Vikings have moved up. I think they're being undervalued on the market just because of that record. But they're, I think three and a half is a very good line. I think, uh, you know, there's a really good football team. And I think these mistakes that they've had in the last three weeks have cost them 
a lot. And, you know, I said the Vikings are my ban list because they cannot hold on to the football, but crap, I'm going to bet them again at three and a half. I just have to, especially when the game's being played in the bank. It's one of the hardest places to play. You talking into it. I'm taking the Chiefs to win when I'm taking Minnesota to lose by three. So I can't wait to talk next week when the Chiefs beat them by 20. Exactly. All right. Sunday night. Visiting San Francisco. Hopefully the best primetime game we've got so far this season. It's a very short list and not hard to beat, but I just really hope that it's a fun, fun game to watch because Sunday night has been wildly disappointing. To date, Niners are three and a half point favorites hosting the Cowboys. Uh, look, the Cowboys' red zone has been not great. But Dallas has played nothing but weird games this season. Absolutely shellacked the first two weeks against the Jets and the Giants. And then they had that weird loss against the Cardinals. I'm not, I'm not really holding that against them because I think the Cardinals are better than we thought. And, um, I think Trayvon Diggs in practice might have rattled the defense a little bit, but, you know, whatever. But then they bounce right back and destroy the Patriots. I expect this to be a very close game. As the line indicates, San Francisco is minus three and a half. You know, home teams usually get that three-point bump at home. So, in reality, it's probably closer to a pick em. The Niners to win. Obviously, they've had the Cowboys number in the playoffs the last two years. I don't know how much bearing that has on this season. Niners have looked fantastic so far this season. Brock Purdy has really impressed me. He's not asked to do a whole lot. I don't think he's amazing. I don't think, you know, by his stats, he's a top 10 quarterback. I don't actually think he's a top 10 quarterback. I think he's at least top 15. At some point, he has to be given credit for doing what he's asked to do within the confines of the Niners team. Having McCaffrey is fantastic. Having a good offensive line is good. It seems like there's an injury to the receivers every single week. You know, Debo was out one week. Ayuk was out another week. Kittle missed the first week. So that's just going to be a recurring theme. As it always is with the Niners. But I feel comfortable taking the Niners again. But that was like, this, is the, this is the game of the week by far. Either side wins, you're not going to shop. Oh, Dallas won? Yeah, that makes sense. Niners won? Well, of course. Yeah, this one's going to be such a good game. I think one of my favorite bets this week is the under in this game. I mean, when they played in the postseason, it was a low-scoring game. And I, I just think these two defenses are just so elite. But throughout the season, you know, people look at San Francisco – beating up on not very good teams and Dallas having a bunch of turnovers for touchdowns that increases a lot of their points. The line set at 45, but I think it soars under. I think it's going to be a defensive slugfest. And, you know, the way you beat these two teams is you got to run the ball. But when you have Micah Parsons, Nick Bosa, and all these elite pass rushers all over the field, you got you got to hand off the ball. But in terms of my pick, I think I got to lay the points on Dallas. I think San Francisco does not have a good O-line. And I really think if they line up Micah Parsons inside, they'll be able to, you know, expose that San Francisco interior offensive line. I mean, they grade out poorly in the interior on PFF. And I, I just see the Dallas defense 
gain a lot of pressure on Purdy. And we haven't seen Purdy really have to deal with pressure just because Kyle schemes up deep passes so quickly that just leaves these wide open areas for these wide receivers. So, you know, I think it's going to be a low scoring game. I, I see, I, I don't see Purdy having a great game. And plus the Dallas secondary is disgusting. Like, I don't think the 49ers have played a defense remotely close to this all year. So, you know, it'll be a close game, but uh, ooh. for my final pick, I just got to go. I, I think Dallas covers, but I just got to go with the Niners just because McCaffrey's such a difference maker. And I think he'll make more explosive p- plays than Tony Pollard in the run game. He's so much fun to watch. Like, Bijan, Bijan and McCaffrey are polar opposite running backs, but they're still – both just, just so much fun to watch. I speak about it every once in a while, but I wish we had more great running backs because it's always a treat when we do have them. And it's hard to appreciate Bijan because the Falcons are unwatchable when they throw the ball. But he's so fantastic. And McCaffrey, getting him out of Carolina was such a great decision. And to have him be on the Niners. Yeah, and plus Kyle Shanahan just turns average running backs into greats, like Devontae Freeman in Atlanta, and now you give him like the best running back in the league. Man, it is a scary sight. It's a scary sight. I don't know how I'm feeling about this Monday night game. The Raiders host the Packers. I guess there's a one point favorite. I should have Watson and uh, Aaron Jones healthy again. Obviously, Bakhtiar is gone. Of course he is. I don't quite understand this line. I, I feel like the Packers should be favored. The money, okay, well, the money is actually on Vegas to win. I don't think the Packers, Packers are not nearly as good as I thought they were. Start the season, I picked them to win the division. Obviously, I would take Detroit now. I'm taking the Packers plus the point because I think they win, and I think they win by at least. Yeah, this this game I don't really have a good read on. I think. I mean, shock is that's a repeat of last Monday. The Seahawks versus Giants, twenty-one to three. Uh, I don't think it'll be like that. Just because, at least Vegas, Vegas has a very underrated offensive line, and Green Bay has one of the best pass protection units in the league. I mean, even without Bakhtiari, I think. I think it won't be like one of these quarterbacks isn't going to get killed. I actually think that there will be some offense. I think both of these teams will be able to pass the ball. That seems so similar to each other. You know, you got Max Crosby on one side, Rashawn Gary on the other. I think I'll probably just lay the points with the Packers. I don't think Vegas has a really good home field advantage in Vegas. It's mostly just people have from the other team have an excuse to go to Vegas. I think, Packers will have the home field advantage. You know, I I, I think I trust Jordan Love and Matt Formore. I'll I think I'll go with Green Bay plus the one. 
and a win. Lions are pretty suspect this week. Only four teams on bye. What's your? Do you have a lock this week where you're super confident in a team? Because I'm taking the Bills. I was dead wrong about the Browns uh, last week getting three points against the Ravens. Uh, you were absolutely right with the Seahawks shellacking the crap out of the Giants. And you were so close to the Jets being right. You had them plus nine, that covered, and they almost sort of should have won that game. Yeah, I also didn't expect Zach Wilson to all of a sudden look competent, so that was kind of lucky. But <laughs> once it was 17-0, I thought I was dead to rights. But it, they came back, and luckily Mahomes slid, and I didn't have to depend on a Zach Wilson legacy drive. But – uh. My pick, I think my favorite bet this week is, I think it's the Baltimore Ravens minus four and a half. I know a lot, the world's on the Steelers, a lot of the money's on the Steelers because, you know, Mike Tomlin in these situations is usually a really good coach to bet on, but I just don't see how this Pittsburgh offense can move the ball at all. You know, it kind of reminds me of why I bet the Seahawks last week. You know, it's just such a bad O-line the offense just has to make some plays and I think they'll win the game. So I, I, I I'm going to go with Baltimore minus four and a half as my bet of the week. I'm changing my pick from Pittsburgh plus four and a half. I'm riding Baltimore minus four and a half. There you go. Um, all right. Well, with all of that being said, that is the week five preview want to thank Lucas always for joining me. Bears did end up winning, by the way, 40 to 20. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to take a hard, nearly as good as I thought they were two weeks ago. Uh, yeah, so cool. A lot of fun games this weekend. And I'll look forward to talking to you guys next week. And for Luke, later. See ya.